0: in apex north carolina stay tuned at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us so be sure to have a pen and paper ready today pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of galatians chapter one so grab your bibles and follow along now with today's teaching here's pastor rodney
1: not a lot of people are here with a tie and a shirt on and a suit I mean, if you do, great, but, 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 but who's judging you? Who judged you when you came to church? Nobody. We're not to judge people. We are to love people. We're not to gain knowledge from the word of God, and then all of a sudden we get so spiritual. This is what happens in a church. Go ahead and clap your hands. I'm going to wait for you. I'm going to wait for you. We get so spiritual, and we begin to look at other people and judge other people. Somebody comes to church and they got tattoos. And don't misunderstand me. I, I, this is my opinion, okay? I got mine. You got yours. Here's mine. I, I don't like tattoos. I'm just not a tattoo person, okay? I don't, I don't like them. My, my children have even have tattoos. I don't like them. But when people come to church with tattoos, don't judge them. Amen. Amen. And ladies, listen, let me just say this here for the ladies. Don't Get a tattoo look if you're gonna get a tattoo that's between you and the lord i ain't, i ain't got it. i'm 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 just talking y'all I'm talking <laughs> but if you're gonna get a tattoo, don't get a tattoo like back <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about help me please somebody help a brother, please <laughs> you know that I mean really i'm serious i mean i've seen i'm mean, I've seen this stuff where they're getting these tattoos and they're putting them like right there and wearing their pants really low. Ladies, ladies, you don't need that kind of attention. You don't want that kind of attention. Don't get a tattoo like that. But at the same time, when people come in, you know, I have a good friend of mine. He's like almost like a son. And um, I'm going to get on him because I ain't seen him at at church today. As soon as I leave the pulpit, I'm going to tear him, chew him out. (laughs) I'll chew you out in Jesus' name. And he got, oh, he, he's all tatted up, all tatted up. He got tattoos all up his neck and carrying on. I said, what in the world were you thinking? I said, don't you realize you go to get a job? You got a tattoo of like a, a, a 50 Cal right here or something, you know, and you go going to get a job? You can't even wear a turtleneck to cover that thing up. What were you thinking? Well, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah, that was a problem. You wasn't thinking. I'm not a tattoo person, but in the same vein, don't judge people. You know, you got the, the piercings and that kind of thing. You know, one thing I love about this church is we try hard not to make an issue of the non-essential and keep our minds on the Word of God and keep our hearts on the Word of God. It's very, very important. Now, don't miss this. Listen, we got to move forward. Don't miss this. The Galatian believers, are you listening? The Galatian believers were not only, watch this, turning away from teaching, but they were also turning away from a person. Notice Paul says, you are turning away so soon from him, did you get that? Who called you. And this is always true. To turn away from the true gospel is to turn away from the person of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. To turn away from the true gospel is to turn away from the person of Jesus Christ because Christianity, listen, is not just a truth to be learned, but it's a person to be experienced. Write that down. Christianity is not just a truth to be learned, but a person to be experienced. Every other world religion—are you listening? Every other world religion— Are you listening? Every other world religion, at the core of that religion is the truth that they want you to learn. You have to learn their truth. Christianity, on the other hand, it is, yes, about truth. Jesus came in grace and truth. He is the truth. He prayed, Father, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. But even even along with that, when you become a Christian, it's not just about the truth. It is also about the fact that now you have a personal relationship with God the Father and God the Son who comes to live in your life. And now it's not just a truth to be learned, but it's a person to be experienced. If you know what I'm saying, say amen. Amen. That's Christianity. And when you are saved and God has called you, He called you into the grace of God. And that literally means, if you're taking notes, that He enveloped, watch this, He enveloped you into His grace. He enveloped you. In other words, your life was completely covered and refreshed by the grace of God. And how many of you know when you come and you fall and you're enveloped in the grace of God, it is so refreshing? How many of you know that? It's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. It made me think of that nest tea. And, oh, I'm dating myself, y'all. Y'all remember the guy used to take the nest tea plunge? You remember that? He'd come up, ah, it's so refreshing. <laughs> that, that, that's the grace of God. You, are, are you getting me? That's the grace of God. It's so refreshing. I remember when I first walked into... Calvary Chapel, Vista, California. Pastor Brian Broderson, who is Pastor Chuck Smith's son-in-law. And um, we first first time we ever went there, our first Sunday there, you always know who the visitors are because all the visitors in, in, in the Calvary Chapel are all dressed up and everybody else is not. I mean, the first Sunday we went there, and mind y'all, Barbara and I, we came from a black Pentecostal church. So every Sunday I wore a suit and tie, and every Sunday my wife wore a dress, hat, gloves, beads, you name it. I'm talking, and don't and make no mistake, I was sharp. Okay, don't y'all get it twisted. I was sharp. We had to be that way. Anybody know, you know y'all know what I'm talking about. So we walk into this Calvary Chapel, very first Sunday because we just felt like we weren't growing in the spirit. Something wasn't right, we weren't growing in the spirit. And people came up to us, they were like, hi, how are you? Nicest people in the world. Hi, how are you? You must be a visitor. I said, well, yes, I am, but how'd you know? Well, you know, we just got to talking. I'm looking around. Our first Sunday, people are in the church. This is our first Sunday. This is Southern California people got on flip flops and t-shirts and and tank tops and shorts and 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 I mind you now this is not my background and and and, and 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 honestly the church was all white and we were the only black people there I'm just keeping it real y'all know how I do <laughs> And people had on flip flops and had on T-shirts and shorts and all this stuff here. And I said, I told her, I said, honey, we better sit in the back. I said, because this look kind of crazy. I I said, if something jump off, we can get out quick. (laughs) Because you don't ever know. So you you better better position yourself right. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Position yourself. All right. (laughs) I said, so we sat in the back. And man, I'm telling you, I have never in all my life been in a church where the grace of God and the Spirit of God was so tangible you could cut it with a knife. We sat in the back, and it was very simple, much more simple than this church. We got the whole worship band, and Michelle, and she had a big voice. Steve got a big voice, and my, my son, who, who is big, and then... And <laughs> I pick one because he's Jr. He's Rodney Jr. I pick one that way. Oh, much different, much different. Oh, much different, much different. Oh, it's just a guy and a lady, and she's there. She's singing, and he's playing, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I'm sitting in the back, and they're just worshiping very simple. And and the pastor gets up, and he's preaching from the book of Revelation. I never heard the Bible preached, taught, never, never. I had been a Christian five years, never. And I just, I just began to. We, I'm like, well, I'm a man. I'm a man. I don't cry. I ain't me crying. I ain't even crying. I'm sitting here. I'm just like, <sniffs> 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 my wife sitting here, and I'm going. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> she said, "Honey, you okay? You." You okay? You know, honey, you okay? I said, <clears throat> yeah, something just in my eye. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but I had never been in a church that was so sweet and so grace filled. I said, we got to go back. So next Sunday, I went back. I, I had my t shirt, my flip flops. I, <laughs> I said, yeah, I didn't even have to go out, I didn't have to go shopping because I'm telling you, you got to go to church. It was like, uh, uh, yeah, you had to have a second job just to go to church because you, you had to look nice. And you, 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 you. Well, I didn't have to go shopping. I just threw on a t-shirt jeans from Flip Flops, walked out the door, went to church. Hey, how you doing? Nobody asked me if I was new. I was like, okay. <laughs> next week, I was like, oh, this church is full of grace. And next week I went back, I wore my Speedos. That's probably too much grace. (laughs) Look, write that down. There is a such thing as too much grace, okay? (laughs) If you show up in Speedos, I ain't gonna have no grace. I'm I'm gonna drag you out of here. I know that I'm gonna get somebody to drag you out. I know some sisters can drag you out, okay? (laughs) So (laughs) you gotta go. (laughs) But you know when you come (laughs) But when you come in contact, well, here's my point piece, people. Listen, when you come in contact with the grace of God, it is refreshing. And it's a joy to be in church. And it's a joy to know God. And it's not laborious to read the word. And it's not laborious to be in fellowship. It's a joy. It's an honor. It's a blessing because it's a grace-filled atmosphere. And Paul says, listen, listen. He says, you came into the grace of God and you were refreshed and you were enveloped and your sins had been forgiven and the guilt and the shame had been removed and your life had purpose and meaning and and you're feeling good and you're looking good and you've been accepted into the family of God. And you were running on the performance spiritual treadmill, sweating and trying to be right with God and never feeling right enough and then you started learning the Bible and you learned the verse in Romans 10:4 for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes and Paul says I marvel that you would defect and that you would turn away from such awesome grace. Why? Why would you turn away from such awesome grace? I think people defect from the grace of God and turn away from it because, watch this, here's something real spiritual, real deep, it's too easy. It is easy. Grace was easy for you. Now, don't don't get me wrong. It wasn't easy for him. But it's easy for you. For by grace were you saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. But we like to have something to do with it. We need to, at the end of the day, be able to say, you know what, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and I worked hard enough, and I deserve that grace. That's the way we're wired. And God knows that's the way we're wired, and that's why he sent his son and to, to display and to give to us grace independent of our work so that we cannot boast, because he knew that if we could boast, we would boast are you with me? And people defect, they turn, spiritual turncoats, spiritual deserters of the grace of God. You know, when it comes to salvation, the Bible teaches Jesus reached out and he saved us and he paid our debt. You know, somebody once said Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. Amen. Amen. Jesus paid that debt and now we're saved and we're blessed and we're refreshed and there's nothing that we can do to add to it and there's nothing that we can do to take away from it. And that's what I tell people as I travel and that's what I teach pastors and that's what I'll be teaching at the National Pastors Conference. I'll be teaching them in some ways, somehow, pastors, don't lose your grip on grace. I don't care where you're located. I don't care how far in the jungle, in the village you are, don't lose your grip on grace. Paul says, I marvel that you're turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. Look at verse six, a different gospel. And then look at verse seven, which is not another gospel. Now here, Paul is actually doing a play on words here in the Greek language, because the word for another If you're taking notes, in verse 6 is heteros, H-E-T-E-R-O-S, heteros. We have the word heterosexual, and it means different. Then in verse 7, he says, which is not another, that's a different Greek word. That's the word allos, A-L-L-O-S, which means like or the same in alternative. Paul is saying you are being called to something different and it's not an alternative. It's not another in line with this one, because there is no alternative to the gospel of grace. Somebody say amen. amen. You are being called, Paul said, to a different gospel. And there are those who would trouble you and pervert the gospel of Jesus. That word pervert means to make diametrically opposed. In other words, listen, to present any other gospel is to present the exact opposite because there is no other gospel. And the Galatians were assuming that the Judaizers were bringing another gospel of the same kind because they would say, yes, you need to follow Jesus. Yes, he is the Christ. Yes, we need to walk with him. Yes, we need to accept him. But again, you need to be circumcised. You need to keep the Sabbath and then you're saved. So essentially, they were teaching that Jesus begun the work, but you must let Moses finish the work by their obedience. Are you with me? See, this is performance-based religion. And from this day forward, you can call it Galatianism. Now, what these Judaizers were doing to the Galatian Christians was making the gospel of Jesus about them. When the gospel of Jesus is not about you, can you say amen? It's not about you. And the same message has infiltrated its way into the church today. Many will tell you in order to be saved, you have to be baptized. You have to tithe. You have to join their church. You have to attend their classes. These things are all good. And they're good for good, good as a response to salvation, but not a requirement of salvation. And any other understanding of this leads to legalism and it leads to seeking to earn God's favor. We'll notice in verses 8 through 10, Paul said, if we or an angel from heaven, look at verse 8. If we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let them be accursed. And then he says it again in verse 9. Now, if you're following closely and if you're listening intently, I bet you're probably getting the feeling that Paul is moving from the place of astonishment, like I marvel, I can't believe it to righteous anger. Paul said, if anyone comes teaching any other thing than grace, then let them be accursed. This word accursed is the strongest language in the Bible. It's the Greek word anathema, and it literally means something doomed to hell or destruction without any hope of salvation. Something doomed to hell, anathema, accursed. Something doomed to hell or destruction without any hope of salvation. This is probably the best we can do to describe this very strong word. So Paul is saying any person, any religion, or even someone who claims they are an angel from God preaches any other message. Paul is saying if someone else preaches another gospel, and you want to note, he also includes himself, he says, let them go to hell. Now, please, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to curse. But that's what Paul is saying. If you preach another gospel, then go to hell. That's where you need to go. And Paul doesn't ask God just to curse their message, but Paul asks God to curse the people. Now, the question is, why is Paul so passionate about this? I think the reason is simple as this. There's souls at stake. Saints, give me your attention. God loves people. You know, why would a loving God send me to hell? A loving God does not send people to hell. A loving God sent a loving Jesus to die in the place for unloving people that they might go to heaven. A loving God does not send people to hell. You send yourself to hell. People send themselves to hell. God loves people. And Paul is righteously angry about this legalism creeping into the churches of Galatia because souls are at stake. And that is why it is important for the pastor to feed God's people, God's word. Can you clap your hands and say amen? That's why it's important. And that's why it's important for you to be firmly grounded in the truth of God's grace, So you can recognize another gospel. But in order to recognize another gospel, you have to know the true gospel. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. You got to know the true gospel. Did you hear this story? Listen at this real quick. Did you hear about the woman who brought this parrot to keep her company? So, and she couldn't get the parrot to talk. So she went back to the pet store and she complained to the owner. And the owner said, well, does he have a mirror in his cage? Parrots love mirrors. So she bought a mirror. She took it home. She put it in a cage, but the parrot still wouldn't talk. Well, she returned to the pet store and complained again. This time, the owner said, well, does your parrot have a ladder? Well, parrots love ladders, and a happy parrot is a talkative parrot. Well, she tried a ladder, but not a peep from the parrot. Well, she went back a third time. The owner told her, well, try a swing. Parrots love swinging. Give him a swing, and he'll talk up a storm. So she bought a swing. And two days later, she returned to the pet store. When the owner asked about the parrot, the woman announced, told the owner that the parrot had died. He was dead. Well, the man was shocked. He asked the woman, he said, well, did your parrot ever say a word? And the woman said, oh, yes, just before he died. In a very soft and faint and weak whisper, he asked, don't they sell any food at that pet store? And isn't it true? So often in the church, we think that we need mirrors and ladders and swings and stuff to entertain people, versus, people really need the Word of God. They don't need a swing. People don't need a ladder. (laughs) They don't need entertainment. Oh, well, have you been to this church? Ooh, that's a really cool church. You've been to that church? Wow, that church is really cool. They got a McDonald's in the church. (laughs) They got a Starbucks in that church. You know I'm going to that church. And I think that the church has moved away from the Word of God to now we want to be entertained, we want to be entertained. So, is it a cool church? Do they have all the, the lights and the bells and the whistles and the dancing bears and people? Da 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 da, da. <laughs> And it's it's like wait 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 a minute. And don't misunderstand me. I, I did this for years. I went again. I bring this to your attention. I went to a church where when we went to church, we had fun. We went, we had fun. We, we danced in the spirit, ran around the church. I got a workout. I didn't even go to gym back then. I got my aerobics on Sunday morning. We got a workout. We ran around the church, danced in spirit, clucked like chickens, bark like dogs, swing from the ceilings, do whatever you want to do. Church was entertaining. But then after church, you go, hey, well, well what, what did the pastor preach about? What was the message? I don't know, but we sure had fun. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? What, five people? You know you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and that's because we are trying to entertain people versus we need to give people the word of God. Listen, I close with this. A wise old pastor once advised a young apprentice. He said, preach a full gospel, Christ and nothing less. A plain gospel, Christ and nothing more. And a pure gospel, Christ and... And nothing else. That's what we try to do. Christ and nothing else. All we need is Jesus. If you agree with that, can you clap your hands? That's all we need. We need Jesus.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time.